felt like the plane was dissembling while we were in the air. You don't know if there's gonna be a massive collapse in the world, and guess what? No more midday squares. If you lose control of your company, you are in danger. I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda, and I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a Midday Squares? Midday Squares Uncensored. This show is about helping you become the best entrepreneur that you can be while learning through our struggles, wins, and knowledge as we build a $100 million a year chocolate empire and remain unapologetically ourselves. Wow, does it feel good to be back in this thing. This has been a long time coming. The room hasn't changed though. No, but honestly the guys, people it's, have. It's, it's basically a year, one month away from a year. The, the was the last time we were in the studio and you know, it does feel really good. The energy is just different today. The last episode we did was July, 2021. So we are literally approaching on one year. It's insane. The question is what the fuck happened? Like where, where do we go? I think we as humans grew. I think that's the biggest thing. Forget about the business. We grew as people. I think every day when you are obsessed with learning, you become such a better human. And when you become a better human, you then become a better business person because you're overall in a better place. And I think that even though we had crazy ups and downs since July 2021, like whack up and downs, I think the three of us have all grown as individuals. And I think that's the journey that we're on, the most important. I could not agree more. There's a piece that I want to talk about that we were, we experienced. We were just on the road last week and we were thinking about potentially doing a TV show, which we can get into. We might not get onto today's show, but we're back for season two. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of stuff happening. July, 2021, we were, we were doing the show and we had done like a lot of episodes consecutively. We were really consistent. I think consistency is one of the number one topics to talk about when it comes to entrepreneurship. And even today is a testament to the overarching theme when you're thinking about what you need to do. It's things don't need to be perfect. We're back in the studio. We could have been prolonging this moment for another month. We have our internal team producing the podcast. We didn't have a perfect show production. It wasn't perfect, but we still showed up because months kept on going by. And we said, if we never start the show again, it's never going to start. So I think that's a testament. Les, where the hell have we been for a year? And what do you think derailed the show? Producing a show and, and making really good content does take effort. It takes time. And starting in May of 2021, and if you guys fire up back a few episodes actually from 2021, you'll hear the pain that Midday Squares was going through. Um, we were scaling over 100%. We just didn't have the time or energy to get back in the studio. And I think, like Jake said, we're newer versions of ourselves and the business is completely different at this point, right? Just to give perspective, how many bars were we producing a day if you had to say when we did the last episode in July? I would say roughly 10 to 12,000 bars per day. And now we produce 42,000 bars per day. And we have two shifts. We have an AM and a PM. And, 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 and honestly, those are, that's not even enough bars. We, 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 have to, we have to deny our sales team at this time um, because the infrastructure is, is bursting. And what's crazy is, Back in July 2021, the infrastructure was bursting at 10, 12,000 bars per day. You know? I, th I think a great question for, for everyone listening, what's that feeling when you deny demand? And I've always been insecure about this because 
I feel like you deny it and you're not guaranteed it later. So it's like almost this weird thing. It's like, you know, we're out there guns blazing, bolting out there, trying to get all this attention and noise and building the brand, the energy, the consumer is becoming more and more addicted to midday squares, but yet we are rejecting more distribution points. We are rejecting our online is currently off at the moment. That is hard. And I feel always insecure about, we don't know what's tomorrow. We don't know what's in a month. We don't know if there's going to be a massive collapse in the world. And guess what? No more midday squares. So we're playing this game right now, which is almost like insanity. If you think about it, it's like, well, we can't do it from the op standpoint, but we, we have to slow down demand. So it's like, at what point does demand slowing down hurt the business tremendously? The plan is everything. I cannot say it enough how important a plan is. Going into 2022, we had a game plan. So if we go back to the beginning of the business, it was like year one, show product market fit, get to $250,000 of revenue. We always had a game plan that after whatever happens after 250, the next year, try to double it by 100%. The next year, try to double it by 100%. This could give us a good cadence to continue building the business. So coming into this year, we had a game plan. Now, what's really interesting is last June, so July when the show went off air is when we all got punched in the face with a bunch of stuff. We realized, oh my God, we have to expand the plant. We have to go fundraise $10 million. We have to hire a management team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have to actually change the entire business to one square because we were getting choked out on uh, rising cost across the board, plus our customer base wanted the one square. Managing COVID. Managing co the whole works of it. But the point that I think is, is that we had a game plan for this year and we were ahead of revenue by almost a million dollars going into the month of uh, May, 2022. And so that gave us the confidence. And I think this is where a lot of startups spin out of control is you become addicted to revenue. Now revenue in certain cases could actually hurt the business because if you are bleeding at that point in time and you're not optimized, more revenue actually equals more losses, equals more cash burn. And so it was like, there was this moment coming into May where I think us three as, as founders, and this is very important for you to understand, is that sometimes you're gonna be faced with a decision that you don't necessarily like because it's not the addiction to growth. But if you have a plan, you can make sense of it. So for us, our, think about it, our production management team's looking at us, telling us this fucking, this plane is, is breaking. Like literally to, to give you the visual experience, it felt like the plane was dissembling while we were in the air. And they're like, we need a timeout. Like guys, we need a timeout. And I remember all three of us were really reluctant to give that timeout because you know, at the end of the day, if we don't hit our revenue numbers, the whole thing can fall apart. But I think the most important thing is to really listen to your team. I think you need, if I was actually just reading an article on LinkedIn this morning about bad leadership and bad leadership has sometimes too many unreasonable asks of their team. And when they don't really truly listen to feedback, 
the team gets discouraged and, uh, you know, lethar- like lethargic, right? They get tired. They get um, mentally drained, physically drained. And so it's like listening to the team and understanding what they need. And I think they were so appreciative when we said, we're going to turn online off to give you a minute to breathe, you know, build inventory, crew up, right? We had to crew up. Yeah, we had to hire a, a 25-person PM shift. But I do want to go back to what you were just talking about, which is 2021, So I remember, guys, in 2021, in about September, we were looking at the profit and loss sheet. And we had to raise this money. Yes. And we're looking, we're like, wow, this company, this business is not viable, you know, with supply chain increases and all these things. And so what are we going to do? And and I remember us just going for a month and and doing, I don't know how many P&Ls we had Over 100. Over 100 profit and loss sheets. Um, But that's entrepreneurship, right? You're figuring it out. There's things happening in the world that are out of your control. And how do you adapt? That's the most important thing. And I remember... We at this point we didn't even have the funds yet. I mean, we we, we did a whole raise video. You know, if you if you're listening, we'll put it to in this, the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes to understand the raise, right? But at this point, we didn't have any executive team. We didn't have HR. We didn't have. We just hired a VP of sales. But I want to talk about that piece, and we're going to get into the raise now. But to to to, to close out just the conversation on the May component of pulling back on revenue. The only reason why we pulled back revenue with confidence is because we had a plan and we knew we were ahead of schedule on a million dollars. We were ahead of schedule of revenue by a million dollars. So we looked at the mirror and we looked at each other and we said, you know what, we're going to pull back and we can make it up in the back half. So I think that's the only reason why we're able to do it. Yeah, well, it's tight. I think momentum is something very special that doesn't replicate easy, easily. And I think that it, it, it's still hard for me to understand. It's still hard for me to understand to lower momentum or balance momentum when you have it. We have, we have the highest momentum we've ever had and we clawed back. So just know that we had to make this decision, but I still inside feel so like shivery from it because- It's scary. No, it's scary because you, when you have momentum, you, you're, you're almost unstoppable because yes. you're this armor. But the thing is, if you're bleeding and your ops team can't handle it, then you're gonna just break your team and break your company for going for that momentum instead. And that's a big problem. But again, momentum doesn't come easy. So if you are in this in this scenario with your business or you're, you're, you're working in a company, make sure to play each, each play through because momentum doesn't just come and every leader will tell you it doesn't just come. And take it very lightly if you're going to pull back on momentum. Les, how much anxiety do I have about this I pullback? I mean, you have anxiety every day. We just spoke about it yesterday. You're, you're always telling me, I don't know if we're going to make revenue. And I'm telling you, no, we, we have a plan, right? We we decided to do this. We are ahead of, on a revenue. We are going to make it up. But I, but to both your guys' point, I think in this, I'm the most relaxed when it comes to yes. what we had done. But I fully relate to what you're saying, Jake. And I think, look, nothing's guaranteed in life right? Demand's not guaranteed. Momentum's like, like sales are not guaranteed, right? So it is a scary thing to do. But ultimately, if we don't do it, there's probably no midday squares. And you see it, right? Because you, you, you see how quickly everything can deteriorate when, when you overload something. But the balance is tough because, yes, it is. you know, it's scary. I, I have a meeting June 19th with, a, I'm not going to say who it is, because it's a massive, a massive organization that can probably be our biggest account ever in history, I believe. And we're going to Does it have happen to, to be an airline? It's an airline. So, no. I, Does it happen way, to be I, American an American airline? airline. Yeah, it's, an Ameri- have- it's an American airline. I'm not saying who it is. It's a fan favorite. But the idea is that I have to go into this meeting and literally 
tell the person no if they want the product and balance it with a relationship. But this is where it comes into investing in people. So you need to invest your time into the conversation, the communication, and the persuasiveness to make this person believe in you, feel your vulnerability, and then take you on. And there's a Canadian airline, which we also have rejected. I do want to say one thing. I don't want to say anything there. Is I, I want to puke just listening. Think, no, 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 but I want to say something. I personally think the respect level that they're going to have for you, that you know that you're not a yes man, you know, that you are basically making a strategic, smart decision. And like you said, it's about balancing relationships in all expectations. But a lot of people respect when people don't just say yes and, and then end up not delivering. And I think one of our core values, and I say it a lot to the team, is do what you say and more. You know, and and if you are going to agree to take on a customer and then you can't ship them, that's a horrible reputation to be building. And I think, you know, the Canadian airline. No, which, you don't know the other airline. She doesn't get it. She doesn't get Anyways, it. Anyway, we have a Canadian airline that 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 we all use. I'm fired up about the Canadian airline that we are bringing on. Yeah, great airline. And and, and I have so many myself. Uh, the creative team, we have really hot ideas for this uh, campaign. Hot. So I'm fired up. Momentum. Yeah. I want to give a shout out here to Peter Burns. Peter Burns is an investor in Legend. the J Squares. He was the CEO of Justin's. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen Justin's all over the nation. Starbucks. And then was One most bar. recently the CEO of One Bar. Yes, correct. Part of being okay with the pullback was a lot of advice from him is just operationally what you guys did this was him saying to us to get from zero to 10 million of revenue is incredible. Getting from 10 to $100 million is a operational mission impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he went to Walmart in his prime at one bar. One bar was, he never seen that. He was going to get listed within three weeks of meeting them na- nationally and they couldn't do it. And so he called the buyer. He said, you know, he put out, he rolled out a, a real game plan of how they were going to get the business. And he said, just never be afraid to do that. So uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. And shout out Peter Burns for being in our corner and giving us just the uh, energy that we need. I do want to say this podcast is brought to you by Caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Jake have been loading up on caffeine. Les, I know you've been taking it easy on caffeine, but I want to go to Jake. Jake, what are you feeling about caffeine these days? I know there was a minute in uh, the last year since we've been off air, you attempted to quit caffeine, correct? So I had quit. When, when I got COVID in January, I actually quit caffeine for four weeks or something. So I was on this. No, I couldn't look at it. I think I, it was four days. No, no, I, yeah, I, I, I think it was I, 10 I days remember. back. I asked my girlfriend what it is. But the truth is, or my mom, I think I told her. But the truth is the caffeine situation was I got so turned off by the taste of coffee. And that's when I was receiving my caffeine that I couldn't look at it. The hot coffee was making me nauseous. But then I started to become addicting again. And as soon as I started traveling on the milk runs, which is the travel that I do, I started needing the caffeine where I was jugging three, four, five in the morning, then two at night to keep going. And you then binged. Now, oh, I binged. But now I'm in this, in this realm where I'm like, I've accepted that I'm obsessed and I love the taste. You're an of addict. Coffee. And I don't like decaf. I like, I'm caffeine. an addict. I'm a fucking addict and I'm a fucking addict to sugar. So it's, it, it's, I'm trying to drop the sugar. Oh now. my God. No, double no. bombs. Double no, wait, bombs I have a just drop. When you had COVID, did you stay at Ma's house? Yeah, of course. I had a seven day blitz at my mom's house. And, uh, 
she was incredible. She she took care of me. I was lying on the floor. I couldn't sleep on the bed because my back was hurting. And I lay on the floor. She brought me tea, she, the honey, the, the the potions. I was taking. You have no idea the vitamins I was taking. Wait, <laughs> wait, guys, wait, 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 wait. Don't we're bring up get, the candy. We're gonna get back to the fundraising in two minutes. I just bear with me. I just got Melissa on the phone. We're gonna go. No. Through, yeah, I got Melissa on the phone. <laughs> And we're going to go to her and we're going to see, did Jake actually quit caffeine for, what did you say it was? Four, Four weeks. weeks. Okay, Four okay, weeks. we got her. Hello? Yeah, what's doing, babe? Yeah, what's up? Jake's talking shit and I don't believe a single word that he's saying. So he's claiming he's quit coffee for a period of time. Do you recall that? That's the first question. Yes, I do. How long did he quit coffee for? Max. Five days. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Case closed. Melissa Zoltak, thank you very much. You're a babe. Jake, you are full of shit. Melissa, have a good day. Happy to help it. Clearly, that was a lie. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Melissa. I appreciate that. Um, let's get into the fundraise. So we realized everything was falling apart in July 2021. I'm going to admit why the show stopped. Okay, so at that point, I was producing the show um, with somebody. I was in the most stressed state of my entire life in Midday Squares. I think I even snapped on the person trying to produce the show with me. I said, fuck this. I don't have time for it. And then one month led to another. And that's that's how we ended up off air. But uh, we pulled this fundraise off. We did $10 million. We got it in the bank account. That's why we're even here speaking to you today, because if I tell you our car was going at 350 miles an hour, headed straight for a concrete wall <laughs> that was ingrained in the earth so deeply that all it was gonna do is pulverize the car into pure ash. I just had a full image of that. No, I have a better image for anyone that's seen Top Gun Maverick, the first scene when, when Mr. Tom Cruise is in that crazy jet testing the jet and he's going at a gravity level that is unbelievable and he just keeps going and, he, and the base at home is looking at it saying, do not do it, do not do it. And he passes the 10.0 and it was a record break and then it, boom, it blew up. But the good thing about Midday Squares is we passed the 10, but we didn't blow up. Yeah, and why didn't we blow up? We have grit, we have patience and execution. I say this we all the time true. though. I say this all the time is entrepreneurship is about decision-making. How many good decisions can you make? During the last year, we, we had to make a series of decisions, you know? And I, I think, think that's what led us to where we are today. I think we made more good ones than bad ones. Wow, that's why we're here today. <laughs> I think consistently we've made more good decisions than bad decisions. And trust me, we have, uh, we have a, a good amount of bad decisions. Since we've done the $10 million raise and we put out the video on the entire journey, which was so well done by this team. I've been indirectly part of a lot of raises in my life. This was one of the hardest I think I've ever gone through. I really want someone to tell me to just call them a workout. These mistakes are gonna kill the company. <laughs> Fundraising has derailed again. We have three more weeks from money. I need to make rash decisions. Desperate times requires desperate things. Let's see if we can even pull it off. So snaps to the team that put together that video. In the show notes, I promise you guys, you have to go watch this video. If you're listening to the show, you have to go watch the video. We'll bring it all together. Since we've released that video, I don't know, Jake, if you or Les, but I've gotten a significant amount of people that have hit me up asking me to help them with fundraise advice and how to go about it. And I, I haven't been taking those calls because one, I tell people when they, they call in is we're barely in safety. I barely have enough time or energy for, for myself, let alone worrying about other people's problems. But here is what I do say. And I think you will agree. 
our fundraising process is only successful for many reasons. One, we put out content. Mm -hmm. So my, my advice to you is if you want to successfully fundraise, in my opinion, in this day and age, you should be building out loud. I don't know if you agree, but fundraising is not really fundraising the way it's taught to be. I think, I think it's the opposite, actually. Yeah. And you're right. There's a lot of people that send the messages saying, how do you do it? And I don't think you could do it the way we do it because we are three entrepreneurs. Leslie was holding down the fort here, which was extremely important because if you don't have an operation, you're finished. You were handling all the executional aspects of the term sheets, the legal, the idea of how we have to actually structure this raise to make sure that Midday Squares is here in 30 years. What I was doing was making sure that we had a relationship with the interest that was coming in. So as soon as the interest came in, what I would do is get on a fucking plane, show up at their offices or at their homes and learn who they are as individuals, get to know them or let them fall in love with us. And once that happened and you nurture and you water the plant, then it brings a softer time to where I send it to you and then you can actually go and execute in a very simple format. You have exactly what you want. They know what you want and people's minds are aligned. The problem with people's fundraising, what we're taught in society, I believe it's typical finance, 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 transactional, transactional, transactional. If that's what you're really looking for in life and your business, then what the fuck are you doing business for? Because if it's all transactions, then where's the fun? Where's the motion? Where's the actual build that you're doing? Your investors, at least in our opinion, what we like is that people that are family of ours, friends, and I mean, I don't mean physical family, I mean people that we can call family, people that will actually be there. You called out Peter Burns earlier in the show. This man is in our corner to help us. He cares. He wants to be there. I just spoke with, I was going through something a couple weeks ago and I called David Cinnamon, another one of our investors, and he told me his phone's open at any time in the night. Like he said, literally, Les, uh, he was just firing me up, but he said, you could call me at 2 a.m. and I'll answer. But I do want to say something, though. I am, you guys know that I'm not, you know, I don't participate too much in the raise. I'm really there to support you guys emotionally. Yes. Um, but and to give the plant tour and to give the plant tour the very my the les plant tour yeah what i have noticed from an outsider on raising is get yourself a really good lawyer yes okay oh, yeah. you need somebody who understands raising deeply and and uh board structure if you have a strong product and you have conviction and a strong story okay do not get bullied into giving away control of your business. Because early on, we get glamorized by dollars and by big funds and big names, and we make stupid decisions. I would agree. And I think what we fought for in this round was control, and we really fight hard for that. So, you know, we took 12 months to raise money, but it's not because it needed to take us 12 months. It's because we had a very, a very specific ask. And board control and voting control. There you go. People will push you on it, but stay in the pocket. You need to stay in the pocket because if you lose control of your company, you are in danger. You're a glorified employee. At that exactly. Point. And don't, and don't rush the process. Like go out and build it. Like did you said David Cinnamon before that's 10 years or six to 10 years in the making. That's his kids becoming friends with his kids who are amazing humans, Jesse and Josh and Jerry, and then going into him and having that ability to get to him. That This is serious time put in. All of the people that are reaching out to me right now are have to raise money in four months mm -hmm. and they haven't started the process. Do you know how insane that is? 
You have no Rolodex. You're running out of money in four months and you expect to fundraise in four months. That is like, that is a mission impossible times 10. So the advice that I think we would give to you is always be fundraising. And if you as an individual in your business cannot do that, find a partner that can. Exactly. I was just going to say, I, I do have empathy for entrepreneurs because sometimes you're just, you're in it, you're under-resourced, you maybe even be alone if you're a solo entrepreneur and time flies. So this is all really great advice. And I agree with that. I agree. Find someone if you can't, because you'll put yourself in a jackpot. Number two is once those relationships start, you do this. You tell them that you want to report to them monthly, your financials. So this way, your key as an entrepreneur is to have all of the funds or investors ready to make an offer on a fundraise. And the only way that they can be ready is that they have to know the business inside out. So no, even if you're not fundraising, Jake, Jake will go on a trip. He'll be like, hey, man, I met this firm. Could we do a call? We get on a call. And the first, the way the call goes is, hey, can we hang? Because we don't really like doing investments with people that we can't sleep on their couches. <laughs> then the second step is, is it cool if I start reporting and getting you set up in a data room where you can follow us on a monthly basis so that by the time we get to the point where I call you and are saying like, hey, we need $10 million, you know the business really well. And some people will say to that, like, we're crazy for sharing that. It's like, okay, you're going to say that? It's like, what are you hiding if you have a business? Like, unless you're really in the shitter, I understand. But if you if you really truly believe in what you're doing and you are, you have the conviction to get there, the plan to get there, then what the fuck aren't you showing up? Why don't you want to be transparent and vulnerable with the people that are going to be joining you on this journey to help you? So I think that this concept of being scared of that or, oh no, got to just show it to one person. I get it. Maybe competition might see it. Maybe they might see it. They might find something. But so what? Do you really worry about your competition? The only person you need to worry about in life is your customer. And that is it. I, it's, it's hard to not say amen after that. <laughs> amen, I'm not a religious amen. man. Amen. I'm, I'm really sad that the show is coming to an end. I, there's so much we didn't even get to cover. I'm just sad. It's season two. What are you talking about? I, like, I know. We're, but this I, is, did, 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 well, did, how often are we doing it? We're going to really try to do this once a month. And if we're feeling really good about it, then we're going to move it to two times a month. And if we're feeling really good about that, three. Well, no, no, no. Two times a month to start. We're doing two times a month to start. That's the well, decision. Well, we're going to start with once. Today is just getting back into studio, having fun, updating you guys. Um, and then we're going to work on the logistics of how do we get back into a good frequency of producing the podcast. So we're working hard to make it happen, guys. I think you said an important thing at the beginning. Um, you said you just got to start. That's it. Okay. But here's the kicker to that. So you got to start. But then I like to compare it to fitness. And my brother, Casey, mm. who is an investor in Midday Squares as well, he said... Jake, think about all the fitness commitment and consistency you put your mind to. You would get in there, you would build, and your muscles would only actually build when you stayed in the pocket and focused on being consistent. The same thing goes with here. Yes, starting is the first step. The next step is figuring out a rhythm where you're consistent, just like fitness. If I don't work out in, in eight months, I might not be able to lift the 65s the way I lift them right now. Mm -hmm. But if I do it every two weeks, yeah, I'll be consistent or maybe get stronger. Yep. I like to always use fitness as an example because it's a very common theme across the world. And if you start, just learn how to stay consistent. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And on top of that, like I've been 
really thinking about, you know, the, the shows could be super long, not long. At the end of the day, if there's great value add, which I think this show has incredible value add, even though it's, like I said, by the end of it will be a 30, 33 minute show. It's all about the value that you yep, that you, that you give to, to, to people. I can't even tell you how much we're learning on this road to building a $100 million revenue business. It's actually fucked. It is. And just to end the show, what's the stat from the first episode of, of Listeners? to the last episode we did. Yeah, so when we first started, we had 92 listeners in our first episode, uh, and the last three episodes we did before ending all hit close to 1,500 listeners. And, that, and our goal for season one was 900. I think the most important thing is if you're speaking to 10 people, you're speaking to 90 people, you're speaking to 1,500, give it your all every single time. It's the same thing because one person, one person can change the entire course of your business or your personal life. So go give it your all if you're going out there. And like I said, I think we're going to get to 10,000 one day, right? Can we make that a goal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is happening, guys. We're, this is happening. Stadium. We got all sorts of stuff. And then we have a TV show potentially in the workings. We have a book that's potentially in the work. I mean, we, we just have so much stuff. And I want to give one last perspective on the fundraise before we close that out. Because I really think that the video did such a good job. But Les... What was your perspective of this $10 million raise? I think it was definitely a journey filled with a lot of highs and lows. And I think in the end, we ended up exactly where we wanted to be with the right partners. City uh, Capital, we, City Melissa Capital. Ficini yeah. and team, Steven, Sam, you guys are the best. I mean, wow. That's it. I think we ended up exactly where we wanted to be. And we, we just, we had patience. We didn't give up anything that we... Um, we had, you know, in mind and, and I think we stayed in the pocket and that's what you need to do to get what you want. I think it emotionally burnt me out. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I, must have, I think a month, it took me a month after the final yes to just like slowly get back on my, my feet from an inspirational standpoint, because things do take a beating and you got to take care of yourself and in, in whatever you're doing. And, um, don't let yourself get to burnout because burnout it's real and it actually stops you from going. It's almost like you can't physically get up. Yeah, the emotional drain from both it's you horrible. guys that I felt was very intense. Oh, you know, fuck. I get it. I, I get it. That's why I was there to support. You, you know? have oh. people bullshitting you left, right, and center. All day. Yeah, All it was painful. It was really painful. And lying. And lying, yeah. No, bullshit, bullshitting and lying to you and wasting your time and energy. So, But that's part of the fundraising road. And so... Team, if you are fundraising, stay in the pocket, start early, always be fundraising, give yourself ample amount of time, ask for what you want, yeah. demand what you want, yeah. get what you deserve. Yes. And stay true to who you are. And stay true to who you fucking are. I mean, that's the best way to end this show. Everybody, go out, go kill it, and three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, 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 ole. Midday Squares Uncensored, the road to 100 million of revenue. That is a wrap. See you on the